You are listening to Larry Connors, USA. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! This is Larry Connors, USA. Larry Connors, USA. Larry Connors, USA. News and commentary. June the 30th, 2022, Kentonji Brown Jackson, officially the newest Supreme Court justice and is the first black woman on the high court. She was sworn in a few minutes after noon Eastern time, right after the retirement of her predecessor, Justice Stephen Breyer, became effective. Then he helped lead the ceremony, giving her the judicial oath. Chief Justice Roberts gave her the constitutional oath. Both are required for justices. So we will be talking about that more in the next segment. And the question being, did she lie in taking her oath? As the Democrats are claiming that Kavanaugh, Barrett, and Gorsuch lied during their nomination hearings. We'll get into that coming up. The U.S. Supreme Court before that issued two rulings, two key rulings, one of them being the Biden administration policy ending a Trump-era policy, forcing U.S. asylum seekers to wait in Mexico, where the court in a 5-4 decision ruled on behalf of Biden. Chief Justice John Roberts wrote the decision, joined by fellow conservative Justice Brett Kavanaugh, as well as the court three liberal justices, Breyer, Sotomayor, and Kagan. So they have ended, you must stay at Mexico while we litigate your asylum case. There is now going to be brand new, threatening, chaos, crisis at the border. I've got a Homeland Security and immigration expert coming up later in this hour to discuss how bad it's probably going to get. The high court also issued its ruling regarding the EPA. Now, in this one, it was a loss for Biden and the green sky, green pie in the sky crowd. By a majority of six to three, the high court found that the EPA did not have power to set broad caps on emissions from coal-fired power plants. That sets back Biden's hope of using the EPA to bring down emissions to meet global climate, climate goals. While we are shutting down power plants, trying to shut them down and shutting off our oil and gas, other countries are ramping theirs up, and they don't give a damn about the climate. They're just going to do it anyway. With Supreme Court Justice Elena Kagan on this case, warning. This is a warning. Somebody needs to call. Do you have, I think I have his number somewhere. He might still call me. Call me back, or I think it, the numbers too. Uh, I'm thinking about former President Barack Obama. I, I need to call him. I need to call him, make sure he knows what Justice Elena Kagan had to say after the high court ruled that the EPA cannot have the power it claims to. It has to go through the constitutional process of Congress deciding. Well, she warned that parts of the East Coast could be swallowed by the ocean. That's what she said. She said, if the current rate of emissions continues, children born this year could live to see parts of the eastern seaboard swallowed by the ocean. The reason I need to call Obama is because he bought that really multi-million dollar home in Martha's Vineyard, right on the ocean. Somebody's got to warn him to get out of there right now. Sell before the prices go down. (laughs) 
Joe Biden on foreign soil today in Spain, and in Spain, he dared, he dared criticize our government in front of foreign leaders on a foreign land area, criticizing our U.S. Senate for the filibuster rules, criticizing our high court for the Roe v. Wade ruling. He described it as destabilizing in general, but I'm sorry, at that point he's talking about the global order of Roe v. Wade destabilizing, but also the EPA ruling, saying that this is not going to help the world. So he used his time in front of the foreign press and on foreign soil to criticize our nation. This should come as no surprise. New York Congresswoman AOC said the Supreme Court decision on the Clean Air Act is, quote, catastrophic. Catastrophic. We need to reform or do away the whole thing for the sake of the planet. Or, as Elena Kogan suggested, Kagan, that parts of the East Coast will be underwater in a matter of 20 years, 40 years. There's a lot of talk yesterday about this mother of a 20-year-old shot in the back of the head on the Upper East Side. That's a very ritzy area of New York last night, pushing a three-month-old stroller. Well, of course, that brings calls for gun control, but then they start looking and realizing the shooter was the possible, or at least suspected to be, the father of the child and married to the woman. So it's a domestic case, but it caught national headlines especially on the upper fashionable east side of New York City. Larry Connors, USA. News and commentary. Your eyes are burning. You're sneezing. It's allergy season. Pollen readings are sky high. Heck, you can even see that yellow powder on everything. So that's also inside your air conditioning ducts. I suggest you call Wellington Environmental. Now, other companies will be glad to do the job, but they're going to come to your home or business, count the air ducts, and begin increasing the cost. In fact, the quoted price might even double. Wellington offers one price, no extras. You'll be charged exactly what Wellington quotes. So this is easy for you. Call 314-644-4930. 644-4930. You will breathe easier. Wellington has a AAA rating with the Better Business Bureau. 314-644-4930. 644-4930. Wellington Environmental. Your world cleaner, better, safer. Be well with Wellington. My sponsors keep this program on the air. So my thanks to John Bill Roofing, covering homes and businesses throughout the Midwest, Best quality, lowest price. So when you need a roof, remember this sponsor for this program, John Beal Roofing, 1-800-NEW-ROOF, 1-800-NEW-ROOF. This is Larry Connors, USA. Larry Connors, USA. The judicial oath. Will you raise your right hand, please? Thank you. 
I, Ketanji Brown Jackson. I, Ketanji Brown Jackson. Do solemnly swear. Do solemnly swear. That I will administer justice. That I will administer justice. Without respect to persons. Without respect to persons. And do equal right. And do equal right. To the poor and to the rich. To the poor and to the rich. And that I will faithfully and impartially. And that I will faithfully and impartially. Discharge and perform. Discharge and perform. All the duties. All the duties. Incumbent upon me. Incumbent upon me. As an associate justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. As an associate justice of the Supreme Court of the United States. Under the Constitution. Under the Constitution. And laws of the United States. And laws of the United States. So help me God. So help me God. That was the swearing-in, the oath-taking, of the first black woman to sit on the Supreme Court, Kintanji Brown Jackson. And that was the judicial oath issued, administered, I should say, by retiring Justice Stephen Breyer. He uplead the ceremony. Now, a judicial oath is one of two oaths if you're going to be on the Supreme Court you must take. The judicial oath is spelled out as a Judiciary Act of 1789. And it's the same oath that all justices of the Supreme Court and district judges and district judges before they begin their duties have to take. And you heard how it went down. Uh, basically, I uh, will faithfully and impartially discharge and perform all duties, so forth and so on, under the laws of the United States and the Constitution. Now, in 1990, that was changed a little bit. The phrase, according to the best of my abilities and understanding, agreeably to the Constitution with under the Constitution, so that's what you heard there, that I will faithfully and impartially discharge, perform all the duties incumbent upon me as a member of the U.S. Supreme Court under the Constitution and laws of the U.S., so help me God. That was the judicial oath. The other oath that must be taken, as noted in Article 6 of our Constitution, all federal officers, that would be members of the Senate and so forth, and the President of the United States, must take. The constitutional oath was administered by Chief Justice Roberts. Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, Katanji Brown Jackson, do solemnly swear. I, Katanji Brown Jackson, do solemnly swear. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same. That I take this obligation freely, without that, any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. That I take this obligation freely, without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion. And that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter and that I will well and faithfully discharge the duties of the office on which I am about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. Now, let's stop it here for a moment. Two oaths, the constitutional oath you just heard, administered by Chief Justice Roberts to Kintanji Brown Jackson. And then we have the 
judicial oath as administered by former Justice Breyer. If I were going to be like the abortionists who claimed that Justices Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett lied in their confirmation hearings because they decided that Roe v. Wade should be overturned by a Mississippi case and Roe v. Wade would no longer be the law of the land, so they were saying, we got lied to, we got lied to in the confirmation, they should be impeached. If I were going to be like the liberals to that extent, I could say the same thing about Justice Jackson, you just heard taking the constitutional oath and the judicial oath. Pledging to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States, that means you're not going to be rewriting the Constitution. You're going to go by what is written in the Constitution. She has no intent of doing that. You know it, I know it, every liberal justice already waiting for her to come in knows it as well. That'd be Kagan and uh, Sotomayor. And possibly Roberts. He's not as strong, firm as we thought he would be. So can we say that she lied under oath in what she just said she would do and defend and also take it without any purpose of evasion? Not judging by what we've seen and heard from her in the past and things she has tried to do and now has an option and the ability to do so. This is the same justice that is now a member of our court who cannot even define the word woman. If she can't define the word woman, how is she possibly going to decide and deal with some of these future cases that are going to involve civil liberties for women? What's a woman? Civil liberties for transgender? Well, is that also a woman or was a woman or was going to be a woman or wants to be a woman? I mean, you know, where are they going to go with all of this? If she cannot make those decisions and give you a clear explanation, then you have to understand that what she did was evade, if not directly lie. Now, all of that took place after two major rulings by the court today. One of them involved the power of government regulatory agencies. It specifically involved the EPA and what it was trying to do in West Virginia limiting emissions at a coal plant. And the court gave the victory to West Virginia, which means a defeat for Biden and the green pie in the sky environmentalist. Here's ABC reporters, legal analyst Steve Moran explaining. I tell you what, before we do that, I, I, I don't want to go to him on that because I don't have time for it now that I look at it. I want to go to Steve Moran because the other ruling they issued, which is extremely important, and it's going to affect our nation as well. Yeah, EPA in our environment is going to be effective, affecting us. Make no mistake about that. But the other issue is our borders. Are we going to have border security or are we even going to have a border at all? Well, based upon what the Biden administration has been wanting to do, they don't want a border. Oh, they claim, I mean, they claim there's a border, but they're not enforcing it, and they wanted to do away with the Trump remain in Mexico policy. In fact, did throw it out as soon as Biden got in office. You had to remain in Mexico if you're seeking asylum in the U.S. 
Trump said, we will litigate your asylum request, but while we do so, you don't live here in the U.S., you stay in Mexico. Well, on this case, the Biden White House got a win. Here is ABC legal analysis, Terry Moore. The remain in Mexico policy that President, former President Trump had established that President Biden had tried to remove uh, the court finds that the president does have the authority to end the remain in Mexico policy if he chooses. The states of Texas and Missouri had sued the government trying to make sure that that policy remained in effect. But the court says uh, that the law gives the president discretion to do that and that the Constitution reserves foreign policy questions like will we have negotiations with the nation of Mexico about uh, all the migrants who have to remain there. That is the province of the president. So that's a big win for President Biden. A big, big win. It's going to open the door for more illegals. You think there's chaos at the border now? And and then here comes this piece of news. Some states have already declared they are sanctuary states. If you get into the U.S., even if you're illegal, you can live here. We will not question if you're legal or not. And now the sanctuary state of California, right on the border, is making history because Governor Gavin Newsom announcing a budget deal with Democrat state legislators. Stop it. Stop it right there. Right there. A budget deal with Democrat state legislators between Governor Newsom and those Democrats, do you think Do you think that's going to be anything that's going to be good for Californians when it comes to taxes and benefits and help they need? Stupid question, Larry. Of course it's not. The budget deal with the Democrat state legislators that Governor Newsom just is signing will include providing food stamps to illegals 55 and older, the first of its kind in the U.S., the first of many, obviously. State food stamps to illegals 55 and older. They will get it free. You know who's going to pay for it. You know who's going to pay for it. Of course you do. California taxpayers. Now, I don't know if the homeless on the streets can claim, uh, uh, here, I, I'm here illegal. And then they can get food stamps. I don't know if our vets who are out in the streets not being taken care of. Maybe they can do the same, but everything this administration and the blue states and liberal progressives are doing is going to erode the fabric of this nation. There are bright spots we can point to, and we should highlight them and repeat them over and over and over again. One of them being Myra Flores, newly elected to Congress, First Hispanic woman to serve in Congress as a Republican. She was elected in a district that went heavily for Biden when he ran. But because of what's happening with the Biden, no border wall, no real enforcement, just let everybody come across and pushing for let's get rid of stay in Mexico policy. She won handily in what was a strong Democrat stronghold for decades. And she says there's a reason Latinos in the U.S. have a different view of illegal immigration than the Biden White House. 
Here in South Texas, we're focused on the economy. We're focused on the border crisis. We do support immigration, not an invasion. We don't support people dying in the in this journey. That's not who we are in South Texas. I don't understand why Washington has this idea that we support this. We don't. But right now, we're going through also a horrible crisis economically, and we're hurting. Our pockets are hurting every single day. The gas, the groceries have increased drastically. That's what we are worried about in South Texas. That's what we're all worried in this country. And so my focus is to just focus on the issues that really matter in Texas District 34 not the Latinx nonsense that is happening in, in Washington. It is Latinx nonsense. They don't even like that Latina X thing that they try to throw on them. And she says again, it's not a it's not an issue I came across. Immigration was not an issue of concern when I was campaigning. When I'm in the ground campaigning, the number one issue is the economy. I have never heard anyone being worried about, you know, uh, the gun violence, I'm sure, yes, people are concerned uh, about it, especially because of the border crisis, especially because we live so close to, to the border, um, and we do have a, the cartel that has taken over the southern border. But the everyday American that I've dealt with ever since I've been campaigning are worried about right. the economy, the gas and the groceries. That's all I have heard for, for months and months ever since. That's like every American. Came, That's came all we're really concerned about, isn't it? And illegal immigration is not going to help. Giving them health and care benefits at the expense of taxpayers is not going to help. Coming back, her reaction to what happened in Texas and also Biden trashing the Supreme Court. There's no place to hide down here. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Your reaction to the vice president saying the Texas governor is just playing politics after the death of those 53 people earlier this week. Actually, they're the ones that are playing politics with uh, with immigrants and innocent children coming into this country. Protecting our borders, securing our borders shouldn't be political. It's about saving human lives. This is why we have been saying it over and over, secure our borders to protect children from child sex trafficking, to protect people from going through a dangerous journey where they're going through hell to come here to the United States. Why would we want that? So I'll never understand the Biden administration. I'll never understand Kamala Harris and the Democrat Party encouraging people to come here to the United States illegally, knowing that they're going to go through so much abuse, knowing that they could lose their lives. Again, that is newly elected Texas Republican Flores winning a border district in Texas controlled by Democrats for decades. And now she sits in the U.S. Congress as a Republican, representing in that county, that district rather, where she serves, 90% are Latino. And they're against this illegal stuff that's been going on. And as you heard her say, she's against them trying to blame Texas Governor Abbott for him. Now, Abbott 
said the other day, you got to blame this on Biden policy. And of course, then you got BP Harris who dared, who dared step up and say, look at him. He's shamefully using the deaths of these illegals to make a political grandstanding statement. Which is what the Democrats do each and every time there's anything involving a gun shooting of any type. Now, Texas Governor Abbott did say he's going to begin inspections with the Department of Public Safety to make sure all commercial trucks are checked as they come through. Apparently, this truck did go through some crossings, and it was not fully checked. Fifty-three migrants inside that tractor-trailer rig. Forty-six died at the scene, found dead at the scene. Seven others went to the hospital, but then later died. Four people now under arrest. Two of them apparently American. By the way, in the news and commentary, I was talking about the 20-year-old woman who was shot in the head on the Upper East Side in New York last night while pushing her three-month-old in a stroller. The suspect is apparently the child's father. They're looking for him. It got a lot of attention, as I mentioned, because it's on the Upper East Side. Supposedly, you don't see a lot of crime there, but this was looked like a brutal street crime. But police suspect it's more of a domestic case. And I was up against a time constraint, and I might have made it appear that I was focused so much on their attitude about guns, I do not want you to mistake the fact that that child, that three-month-old in that stroller, just lost her mother. And I pray that things will go well for that child moving forward. Now, Joe Biden is in Spain wrapping up the G7 summit, and he took time in Spain as many U.S. presidents like Biden, like Obama, basically Democrats, go across on foreign soil and look for an opportunity to make remarks against our government. He scolded the the Supreme Court for their outrageous behavior by overturning Roe v. Wade. And in ruling of the Second Amendment, he said all of those are going to destabilize the global order. And then he also said, I'm willing to codify, I'm willing to help us pass Roe v. Wade as law of the land by Congress despite a filibuster, we'll dump it. President Biden. The first and foremost thing we should do is make it clear how outrageous this decision was and how much it impacts not just on a woman's right to choose, which is a critical, critical piece, but on privacy generally, on privacy generally. And so uh, I'm going to be talking to, uh, to the governors as to what actions they think I should be taking as well. And uh, but the most important thing to be clear about is we have to change. I believe we have to codify Roe v. Wade in the law. And the way to do that is to make sure the Congress votes to do that. And if the filibuster gets in the way, it's like voting rights. It should be we provide an exception for this, the except the require an exception to the filibuster for this action. Now, he did say that the other day when questioned at Roe v. Wade. said, I can't do anything. I can't do anything. Well, Hillary Clinton came out and said, well, this is what we should do. And, and looky, looky, he duplicates exactly what she suggested. So coming up, my next guest is an immigration and homeland security expert on what kind of chaos are we going to see now at the border since Remain in Mexico policy has been dropped by order of the U.S. Supreme Court. LarryConnorsUSA at gmail.com. LarryConnorsUSA at gmail.com. Some car dealers might try to take advantage of you. 
One quick way to spot it, look at the sticker price. Jay Ackerman told me, especially in these times, he wants to reward the generations of buyers and the new customers. So Ackerman Toyota sells every car at sticker price. No markup. What you see is what you pay. Ackerman Toyota at Hampton and 44. Ackerman Toyota for life. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. Welcome back. Well, again, a key decision being released today is that the Supreme Court ruling in favor of Biden, who immediately after he got in office did away with the remain in Mexico policy, and the high court said he had authority to do so. Now, what impact are we going to see from that? My guest we've had on numerous times before and always glad to have her back, Lori Reese. Laura Reese, I should say, Homeland Security and Immigration Expert. Laura, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me on. Now, there was no, let me ask you this. Was there any doubt in your mind as to how the court might rule on this particular case? Once I read the oral argument, no. It it seemed to come down to the fact that remand in Mexico is discretionary in the statute um, and that uh, it's clear DHS doesn't have enough detention space to detain everyone that the law requires. Well, they were um, they were being detained south of the border, but DHS was overseeing that, not Mexican authorities. Well, it was it was a combo. I mean, when the Trump administration did use remain in Mexico, it required an agreement with the Mexican government, um, and so it did require supervision, housing, uh, work authorization in Mexico, et cetera. So there were a number of groups involved, but also governments on both sides of the of the border. Well, of course, prior to prior to this mass immigration and a basic open border policy, uh, everyone coming in seeking asylum has to show a reason that they're coming for and requesting asylum. I mean, it, it's not unique to what we're seeing at the border. I think it's just being abused. Is that the wrong perspective? No, it's absolutely being abused, and this administration is encouraging abuse of it. Uh, Many of these migrants will admit either to journalists or to agents that they're simply coming here for a job, which means they're not eligible for asylum. And yet this administration and the left paints all of them as asylum seekers and waters down the asylum standards, cuts corners to hurry up and get the yes on asylum decisions. And so there is really no downside for an alien to fraudulently fill out a free asylum application. It will get them a work authorization card. It buys them time in the U.S., and those are two things that they want specifically. Um, and they know they're not going to be removed. So, you know, what, what's the downside to that? Well, now we compare that to the, the Obama administration itself saying uh, all, all Afghans, uh, you know, who need to leave and get out from the Taliban, we're going to offer asylum, and we're doing the same with those in Ukraine. Uh, now, again, those are clear cases right in front of us that, yeah, they're in threat of being killed or tortured and their family as well if they don't get out, uh, assuming the, we properly vet who's coming in. But they also are having to truly apply for asylum or not. Well, the uh, administration put a lot of Afghan evacuees on planes and brought them either to military sites elsewhere in the world or directly to the U.S. And uh, doing the vetting on them will be very difficult. 
Uh, some of their backgrounds are, are questionable. It, it's difficult to get a green light from the intelligence community. Uh, but nonetheless, the, the, this administration is hell-bent on getting them here and keeping them here, and so they will cut corners on vetting um, and, and mass parole them in, violating the, the parole statute. Um, and, and this isn't going to end well. Uh, I'm confident I, that I, the I bad agree. guys are... are are getting through the cracks there. I, I agree fully with that, and, and I'm confident they are on the open border policy, the Mexican border. But at least it is a true case of asylum. I mean, I mean, compared to those, they were going to be, they were in Ukraine, and if they're going to immigrate here, they were filing immigration papers to come to the U.S., and maybe they were going to file for asylum. And some Afghans had done pre- previously because they were noted that they were working with our forces. But the difference here is uh, they would still have to go through an asylum process and litigate. Here, the Remain in Mexico policy was just saying you can live here while we litigate it, as you said, can take forever. And then if it's ever found out that they are not true asylum seekers, if anybody bothers, they're going to be what? Left here. Right, yeah, because uh, this administration has directed ICE not to do removals. i, I got to go back to the Ukrainians, though. That's a bit different. So Eastern European countries have provided Ukrainians safe resettlement. They can live there for a number of years, and they can work there for a number of years. Right. So because they have that offer, they are technically not eligible for asylum here in the U.S. And it, this goes to that safe third country notion, which is if you have protection in another country, then you can't ignore that and simply come to the U.S. as your country of choice and apply for asylum here. So the, the same thing that was applied, and we pointed out this previously, those leaving the triangle countries of Nicaragua, El Salvador, Guatemala, and fearing for their lives among the gangs, once they get inside Mexico, they're free of that country that they left. That's right. They're supposed to apply for protection in the first safe country in which they arrive. And during the Trump administration, we implemented that, and if they didn't apply in the first safe country, then we sent them back to that country and said, go ahead and apply there. And then the OM said, no thanks, I'll just go home. The administration in office now refuses to even use the C word, be it crisis, chaos. You know, if they use it all, it's got to be something like comfort, I guess, because they don't see it, and how are they going to possibly ignore what's going to happen next now that this ruling comes down? Yes, well, they, the very few cases of Remain in Mexico that they were implementing to say, tell the court, yes, we're in compliance, they will shut that down. Um, and smugglers can tell their future clients, look, uh, you have zero concern about being stopped at the border or told to go back and wait in Mexico. Uh, I, you know, we can get you into the U.S., and there you will stay. Your colleague at Heritage, uh, we have on often uh, Hans von Spakowski, also a constitutional lawyer, pointed out that the migrant protection protocols revealed that nearly 42,000 completed cases, only 650 out of 42,000 had legitimate asylum claims. So 1.5% had a meritorious asylum claim. 77% had no basis for being admitted. Right, and like I said, that's when, when the administration encourages migrants to apply for asylum, even though they're not eligible, you know, on the back end, if, if they do reach a final decision, most of the time they are found not eligible for asylum. 
And and the other key aspect of about uh, about the Remain in Mexico program is the prevention of those who didn't come to the border and didn't apply for asylum. That's a very interesting point. Expand on that just briefly. So the uh, Biden administration has liked using the argument that Trump, the Trump administration, didn't put that many uh, migrants in the Remain in Mexico program. But the point isn't how many people were put into that program. The point was it stopped the caravans and how many people then did not even come to northern Mexico because they knew saying a few words of fear was no longer their golden ticket to be admitted into the U.S. to disappear into the interior. That's, that was the most effective yes. part of that program. And, and, and they were obviously coached and trained. Here's what you have to say. You know, they, 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 they knew exactly what to do. But when, but when Biden, the, in his first day in office, when he, uh, first few days when he wrote a two-sentence, three-line memorandum that didn't offer a single explanation for suspending the stay-in-Mexico policy, boom, it was done. Right, and that's why the state sued. And, and so the administration had to go back and issue a newer, longer memo uh, giving more reasons as to why it was uh, canceling the program, which now the Supreme Court has um, said you know, the administration can do that because Remain in Mexico in the statute it, it reads may, not shall. It's discretionary. So you know, question does Congress need to go back and make it a shall and, and require uh, Remain in Mexico? All right, Laura Reese. As always, we thank you for your time and your expertise. We do. We thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you very much. You bet, Laura Reese, Homeland Security immigration expert with Heritage Foundation. And that one thing she pointed out, folks, that the fact that Trump had that order in effect was enough to chill any efforts to try to come in and claim asylum, saying it wasn't going to be accepted yet to stay in Mexico until we legally decide it. So it did shut down a lot of it. That is something that's been lost in the conversation. I'm glad she brought that up. That's very, very important when you get down to it. In fact, it probably should have been the lead when I get down to it, so maybe I failed to that extent. Now, the other day when Myra Flores was sworn in as a latest member of Congress in a special election in a Texas border county, she's Latino, and became the first Republican Latino serving in Congress, well, then she's posing with a picture with Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House and other members of the House. She has her two daughters there. I have not gotten into it because we've had too many things on our plate. But coming up, the picture shows that as the daughters are standing next to Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi's kind of using her right arm, kind of pushing them away. She didn't want them to be in the picture. Myra Flores got asked that question today by Brian Kilmeade. Stand by. podcast of this program at Larry Connors USA Facebook. Larry Connors USA Facebook. Rottner Pest Solutions is one of the top pest control companies in the nation and yet still family owned for three generations, 65 years. Rottner customers still get personal, professional, safe service. I personally encourage you to call. Get a free quote. Schedule same day, next day, or a Saturday. 877-ROTTLER, 877-R-O-T-T-L-E-R, or go to rottler.com. And I think it's gonna be a long, long 
Touchdown brings me round again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home Oh no, no, no This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA. You're supposed to have this great moment where you get a picture with the Speaker of the House, and she shoves your daughter. She says, "Well, that, that you know, don't we were misinterpreting that video? Did we misinterpret that video? It looks like she shoved her out of the way." No, we didn't. And I was hoping that she would have the class to, you know, apologize for for that moment. And she didn't. But I'm so proud of my daughter. You know, she didn't let it, you know, face her. She continued smiling and she continued posing for the picture and didn't allow anyone to ruin that special moment because it was a really special moment for for our families. And I'm really proud of her. And she should be. Of course, again, that is Myra Flores, who's the newly elected congresswoman. To the, to the House of Congress from Texas, Republican, and the first Mexican-born elected to Congress. She came here legally, and she flipped a South Texas Democrat stronghold, flipped it red. Then when she poses for a picture with Nancy Pelosi and has her daughters standing to the right side of Pelosi, Pelosi using her arm in the back of her hand kind of nudging two or three times at the oldest daughter, move over, move over without saying it, just keeping out that plastic smile and kind of shoving the children over. That's what she was doing. She clearly was. You know, we have a problem anyway with this White House on Be Truthful on so many things. When you hear Kentanji Jackson take the oath of office today, and as I mentioned in the opening monologue and again in this hour, if you missed it, go back to LarryConnorsUSA.com, LarryConnorsUSA.com, and pull up this broadcast. If I take the uh, the abortionist attitude that because the ruling didn't come down Roe v. Wade that they thought it should, that they're going to claim that Kavanaugh and Gorsuch and Barrett lied in their nomination so they should be impeached, I could say that Justice Jackson lied when she said she had uphold the Constitution. You know, it was an interesting point that came up during her confirmation hearing for her. They were discussing, uh, Senator Graham, Lindsey Graham was discussing with her her decision in a Make the Road New York versus McClellan case. It basically dealt with expedited removal under the Immigration and Naturalization Act, which she's not in favor of. And as a federal judge at that time here in this case, then she disagreed with the Trump administration. And Senator Graham said, the plain language of the statute was clearly wiped out by you because you disagreed with the Trump administration. That, to me, is Exhibit A of judicial activism, which is exactly what she swore today she would not do. She would show no favor that she would follow the Constitution. No, she wants to be a trailblazing liberal. Make no mistake about it. That's her intent. That's what she will do. And, of course, when Biden put her on the court, he made a big deal as of, I chose her because she's smart and everything else, and, of course, a black woman, because he made it clear I'm going to appoint a black woman. That's when Justice Breyer indicated in January he was going to retire. Any of the black women that Biden would have chosen would be liberal as well. But the qualifications were already set. Now, other presidents have done the same. Bush did. Trump did. 
But putting a woman on, that's how we got Amy Coney Barrett. So you can't just place it on one, but it's one thing to go in with, I'm going to follow the Constitution, I'm going to interpret, not rewrite it and try to make law, new law that Congress should be doing. But that's what Kentonji Jackson Brown will be doing. And, of course, the White House has another problem, too, of course, with the press conference, uh, their press secretary. She also was selected to be because she is the first black woman and out LGBT person. Those are the prime reasons they put her in that position. As her predecessor left to go to work for CNN or MSNBC or wherever the hell she went. John Pierre had previously worked for a radical organization, MoveOn.org. It launched in 1990s, opposing the impeachment of Clinton, pushed ironically for the impeachment, also ended up pushing for the impeachment of Trump. So, so much for its principles. She has a history of anti-Israeli radicalism. And she also said once, no one merely accused of sexual misconduct should seek public office. But Biden, she's now working for, was credibly accused of sexual misconduct by former aide Tara Reid, never proven, but credibly accused, at least in the view of the women who were claiming the same about Kavanaugh. And she's also stoked racial divisions and fears when Trump took office. She told Bill Maher at the time, I think you understand if you're white, male, and straight, you need to fear Donald Trump. She's married also to a CNN anchor and correspondent, Suzanne Malveaux. So she's got left fingerprints all over her. She's not about to be anything but that. But the biggest problem is she's failing at the one job she has. As written by Kylie Zimple in The Federalist, you'd think the press secretary would hit a home run because the president's press corps is exceedingly friendly to Democrats. They throw her softball. She can't get the bat off her shoulder. (laughs) That's true. And even Biden himself can't take questions. They tried to ask him more questions. They said, I'm out of here. Hey, remember our pledge. One nation under God. This is Larry Connors USA. Larry Connors USA.